I want to start uh, a little bit with a Dvar Halacha, uh, something that's Neged Halacha in the Pasha. Over here in Pasha's Matais, it discusses the story of Elazar Akain telling the people from the army how they should cash the Kalim from Midjan. So the Pasuk says, Elazar Akain said to the people of the army, these are the laws of the Torah. Elazar says, these are the laws that Hashem commanded Moshe. So the Menchah is bothered that this is Elazar talking, and he says the words, Now there's an open halach in Shulchan Aruch, that just like a son is not allowed to refer to his father by name, so a Talmud is not allowed to refer to his Rebbe by name. So the Mechaschinuch is bothered, how could Elazar, who is certainly a Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu, say, how could he mention Moshe Rabbeinu by name? That's the question of Mechaschinuch. And he says an answer, which I think has a very practical nafkamina, and it's worth speaking out. The Mechaschinuch says that this is a raya to something he saw in a sefer called the Mavri Yabek. That if a person, Chas is in a matzah where he needs to daven, either for his Rebbe or for his father or mother. He should not give any title of respect to his father or his Rebbe. As strange as that, as that is, imagine a person referring to his Rebbe, his Rebbe Muvuk, by his first name. It's not usual for him. It's usually Rebbe so-and-so, or his father is Abba Mari. Says, says the Mavri Yabbok, but when you're davening to the Rebbe Shalom, you mention your, your father or your or mother or your Rebbe's name without any titles. Why? Because when you're speaking to Hashem in front of Hashem, it is inappropriate to give any titles of respect. It says that there was Uriah Achiti was speaking to David HaMelech, and in the presence of David HaMelech, he mentioned Adoini Yoyov. He called Yoyov Adoini. And it says he was damned as a Moir B'Malchus. Why? Because in the presence of the king, you don't recognize another person as an Adon and call, give him a title of respect. So similarly, when you're standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you don't give any respect to even a parent or to a, uh, a Rebbe because Klape Hashem, it's inappropriate. So the Minchas Chinuch takes this one step further, and he says, possibly it could be that even when in the same sentence you mention Hashem's name, it's inappropriate to give chashivas to a Rebbe or to a parent when you mention Hashem in the same sentence. So since here the Elazar said, Hashem, if he'd mentioned Hashem, for him to have mentioned Moshe as Rebbe Moshe, will be giving respect to Moshe Rabbeinu in the same sentence as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that will be a lack of respect of Hashem, and that's why he didn't give any title to Moshe Rabbeinu. Hakoponim, I would like to just mention a Yudhiya Ravasi that I, I, many people don't have, but it's a beautiful Yudhiya from the Rambam. If you ever notice in Gemara, there are certain people that are referred to as Rebbe, Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Akiva. There are certain people that are referred to as Rabbon, Rabbon Gamliel, Rabbon Yechon and Zakat. And then there are people referred to without any title. Hillel, Shammai, Chaniyamagal. These are all people with any titles. What's the reason for that? And is there like a, an order of chashivas? So listen to a Mayudiki idea from the Rambam in Agdoma. The Rambam says that somebody who has the name Rebbe is, so to speak, in, this, in these levels, the lowest level. Rebbe means he's a Rebbe. Rabon, plural, is more chashiv. And then he says the most chashiv is when there's no title. Why? Says, 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 says the Rambam, did you notice that the Nevi'im don't have any titles? 
Yeshaya Hanavi, Shmuel Hanavi, Yoyna Hanavi. Where's the Rebbe? Where's the Rabbi? He says, the Teretz is, there's a zone that you get in when any title you give is not chashav enough. You're so great that you're, you're, tight, you're, you're, you're unable to be given a title. So the people that don't have titles, it means they're so chashav that they don't even have a title to give to their name. So Hill, Shammai, these people were actually greater than all the other Rebbe's and Rabbis because they don't even deserve a title. Okay, that's my Mamoster. I want to mention something from the parish over here. A beautiful idea from the Zamas The Pasuk says that when Moshe came back, when the army people came back, it says, Vayiksoif Moshe Apakudechayel, Moshe Abenu got angry at the army officers. The next Pasuk says, Moshe said to them, Hachisem kol nekeva, you left all the women alive. Now the Pasuk before said, Vayiksoif Moshe, Moshe got angry. So why does the next passage have to say, Vayoymer Aleyem Moshe? Moshe said to them. I know it's Moshe. We just said, Vayiksev Moshe. The passage should have said, Vayoymer Aleyem, and he said to them. Why does it have to repeat, Vayoymer Aleyem Moshe? So Zanus Ratzin said a tremendous hisoid. He says, it, it was a Vayiksev Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was angry. And Moshe Rabbeinu was angry, Kedin, as the Aldama Farshas speak out over here. Over Moshe Rabbeinu knew that when you are angry and you speak out of anger, it's nishkot. It's nishkot. So Vayoyim Aleyam Moshe is kilu, a whole new pasuk, a whole new story to tell you that Moshe Rabbeinu paused. Moshe Rabbeinu paused so he should be able to hold his anger, let the, let it go down a couple decimals, and then Vayoyim Aleyam Moshe. So it's a tremendous lesson in life. Sometimes you can be angry, and sometimes it can be justified anger, but you cannot talk in Mikhaev that anger. Nothing good will come out of talking Mikhaev the anger. So Vayoyim Aleyam Moshe is the Naira Pasuk. Vayoyim Aleyam was a whole new story. Moshe Rabbeinu, before he talked, had a whole different way of, of, of speaking. It was a whole, he was careful to be able to hold back from the way he spoke. Yeah. I wanted to, to, to speak for a second about uh, this Nakuda. Just, just grab it in this thing. I mentioned your story. I saw an unbelievable story. There was a fellow that uh, worked in Eretz Yisrael, and he had a bicycle repair shop. And he did well. He had a good parnasa. So he had ten girls, and he married nine off. She was able to give them an adunya, ganz fine. The kids are, when it came time for the tenth one to marry off, the doctor said uh, he can't work anymore. It's not good for his heart. So he had to close up shop. So he didn't have enough money for the chasana. So he goes to his rav, what should I do? The rav says, I don't see a brera. He says, you have to go to America. I'll give you some addresses. Try to see if you can get in a dunya, you know, a dowry for your daughter. So fine. So he comes to America, goes to the airport. Okay, so he gets to the airport, and for whatever reason, they decided he looked suspicious. So they made him not only take off the regular jacket, but like take off a rive of his clothing, including his shoes. Kids are, he got, he, he suffered such busyness. People were walking by and they were making jokes and making fun of him. It was, it was busyness at Sumas for this person. But he hears that they, they, they took his shoes because they were chayshish that there was something in his shoes. So they took it off to a separate room. And he hears that they're, they're calling out his, his flight is about to leave. So he told the person, do you mind giving me back my shoes? I need to go for my flight. So the people said, listen, we have no problem with you getting on the flight. But your shoes, we didn't finish checking. So Anishka had the brayra. So he went on the flight without his shoes. He ran onto the flight. So he gets on the flight, sits down, opens up a safer. Someone taps him on the shoulder. And he says, excuse me. He says, I just want to ask you. He says, how were you able not to get angry out of this whole episode? They mamash from a vazio. They made you come with that. So he says, I believe in the Rebbe I believe that if something happened to me, I was supposed to have these bizarreness, supposed to have this frustration. So why should I get angry? So the guy says, wow. 
Ten minutes later, the guy taps him on the shoulder, and he gives the hands him a check for $50,000, and he says, this is for teaching me a shear on how not to get angry. The shear you just told me about how a person can control their anger, for that shear it was worth $50,000. So it gets to the story is the guy got off the plane, went and bought shoes and a ticket, and went right back there to Israel because he, he didn't have to be in America anymore. He had the $50,000. Oh, but some nice for controlling his anger. I wanted to talk about a different Nakuda. I wanted to talk about the following Zach. This week's Parsha has the only yard site that's mentioned in the whole Torah. The only yard site in the whole Torah is Nisi's Parsha. Aaron Akoyin's yard site is mentioned. Aaron Akoyin was Nifter on Rosh The Torah says he was Nifter Rosh And of course, it needs to be understood why here the Torah tells us his date. No other Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, even Moshe, we have Ramazim, but it's not Mephush in the Torah. So I saw for Pincus and for others, they want to say the same to her. We know that Aaron Akayim was, was the symbol of Oyev Shalom V'Raid of Shalom. Oyev Shalom V'Raid of Shalom, that was his thing. Having me tamid of Avram of Aaron Akayim, Oyev Shalom V'Raid of Shalom. So they said that when we go Arayim into Rishchei Shav, into Av, and we know that Av is when we're Misab on the Churban, and the Churban was because of Sinas Chinom, so it's good for a person to be misplaining a little bit that the Petira of, of Aaron Akayim, of, of the Oyev Shalom V'Raid of Shalom, came on Rishchei Av, because that's the Hagdama for the Mishin Nichlas Av Simcha, that we have to work on being Misak in this Ingen of Sinas Chinam, which was what Aaron Akayin dedicated his life, his life to. So I wanted to speak for a second about this concept of Sinas Chinam and how to be Misakin on it. There was a Yid, his name was Rabbi Siam Felman. He was Gor Chosh Yid, who lived in Nebrak, a very special person. So he said that he feels that one of the, the greatest tools in overcoming sinas chinam, which means, like all of us have in our lives, people that annoy us, pe- people that we're upset with, people that we're jealous of, people that we feel wronged us and we're not close to them, we're not friendly with them, all that's included in sinas chinam. He says, how does a person combat that? Chavetz Chaim says that if sinas chinam could destroy a base of Mikdash, it definitely has the power to cause the base of not to be rebuilt. So there's no way we can get the base of rebuilt if we don't work on it. So he gave the following answer, which I think is, a, is something worth working on. And that he says is, is the Ingen of being Danas Chaver Lekavschos. He said over that he heard from a Talmud of the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim said, Why did the Abishta create something called a Krumah Svarah? I don't know if you're ever speaking to somebody, sometimes in Yeshivas, when you hear a guy telling you a Svarah, and he says it with the Gansa Slavis, and it's the most Krumah thing you ever heard. It's like it, it just doesn't make any sense. And he's telling you to it with the Gansa Ganskai, and you're wondering, like, why did the Rabbanishon create such a Krumah Zach in the world? The Rabbanishon is Yasha. So the Chavetz Chaim says, Libi that the reason why the Rebbeinishon created a Kruma Svar in the belt is to help people be done with Hafsos. Because so many times when a person ba'avals you, the only way that you could get rid of the Sinas Chinam is if you come up with a Kruma Svar and you have to have a Kruma Svar. But that's why the Rebbeinishon created so you should be able to come with a Kruma Svar. So everybody say, it's not my direct. I'm going to try quickly to tell you over a couple of stories, but these are very big stories. Mr. Rabinzim Film and Saldor said over the following story. He once had a person come to him and he said, I have a shayla for you. He says, you talk about Donas Chavir Kassos all the time. He says, I have a neighbor, and over the course of the years, we haven't gotten along. We have a long-standing fight about different things. This fellow is making chasana in two days from now. He sent me an invitation to his chasana. I opened up the invitation, and there was a blank invitation inside. Blank. No invitation. So he says, this person is the kind of person that Sukkot has to like, let me know I'm not invited to his wedding, right? Like to send me a blank invitation, like let me know you are not invited to my invitation. He says, I want to know, Rabbi. He says, 
Is this also a place where I have to be done in Lakapsos? Or this already is above and beyond? So this Rebbe Tzion Feldman told me, he says, no, even here, you never know. People don't always pack the invitations themselves. People make mistakes. It could be it was a mistake. You have to be done in Lakapsos. Gets out Maisa, different story than you, ending than you think. Rebbe Tzion Feldman said, the next morning, he take it, took in his mail, and he received an invitation from his best friend, and inside was a blank invitation. So he said it was mamish a simim and Yeah, that, that, that you have to download Kaf's house. Here it was his best friend. There were no chashoshes over here. So the servant seeing him, he used to walk around and say this shmuz of download Kaf's and he used to walk around with his blank invitation. So listen, you don't know, you don't know. You have to figure out how to be download Kaf's house. There's always a way to do it. But he used to use this as his thing. He himself had a Misa, this would see him filming, had a Misa, that there was a, a fellow that was given a tremendous amount of money from his parents because he was getting married, and it was, it was the Shabbos of his Lofof, and he didn't know where to put it, so he put it in a certain room. Whose room? This Rebbe Tzion Feldman was still a Bacher, him and another, it was the most Choshva guys in the Yeshiva, he put it in their room. He says, these, these guys I could trust. Kids in this room was Rebbe Tzion Feldman, a yid named Rebbe Aaron Braverman, and a young kid had just come and come into this room. Kitzer, after Shabbos, the Bacha comes to take the money, and the money is not there. The money's not there. So this young Bacha is quaking in his boots. He says, for sure, no one's going to be chayish the other two guys. I'm the new guy, the young guy, I'm an unproven guy. He says, they're all going to be chayish me. He says, I'm, he, was, he was mamish sitter. So he sees that these two other roommates are about to approach him. And as we can see him, Felma goes up to Rambir and he whispers something into his ear. And after he whispers something to the ear, they both sit deep, deep, deep in thought. And then, Rabbi Aaron Braverman takes off his jacket and takes off his hat and he goes into the closet where the money had, 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 had been put and he goes inside and he's there for like two minutes until finally he comes out holding the money. So what had happened? The story had happened like this. Rabbi Tzion Feldman had told Rabbi Aaron Braverman, we should be chesh this, this young guy, right? Zichri is the guy. He said, over the Chavitz Chaim Ot Kizot, that the Rabbi Nishan created a Kroma Svara in order not to be Chayisha people into Dalmakav's Kos. Medaf Arbitan, we have to work now on a Kroma Svara to figure out a way. So they sat for a couple of minutes, and the Surah Kehran came up with a chap that the way the closet worked was there was a piece of wood in the back, and they had put like a lot of laundry on top of it. The kids, sir, the laundry had pushed the thing back, and the money had slipped in between the two things. When he went inside, he found it. Why? Because at Galeb, he lived the words of the Chafetz Chaim, and he was able to depart the thing. You can go on in the Maises, the Maises things. But it's such a limit schos in, in, in the Sinaschinim. If a person wants to avoid Sinaschinim, I think it's such a, it's such a gewaldic lesson. If anyone has a chance, you can look at it in the Sefer over here. He writes that, unfortunately, working on, 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 on Shalom is very difficult. He says, the Lashon Mesh is interesting. He says, heavy mitamido shel aaron Interesting lashon. Why do you need a rebbe? Why does being ready up after shalom need a rebbe? He says you need a rebbe to teach you shalom because he says shalom is not exciting. He says people love machlokes. He says shalom is so boring. It's so monotonous. And you walk into shul, and if the shalom, there's nothing to talk about. He says what what sells is machlokes, right? If you if you listen at all to any any news or any talk shows, what, what what's kaching? If there's a is a machlokes. So he says, you need a Rebbe Tachap. You needed iron to teach you. Oyev Shalom, Vareid of Shalom. A Yid wants Shalom. He can deal with the monotonous. 
He could deal with the boringness. It's much better. I just want to end, end up with one last thought. It says, in the beginning of Pasha, uh, of Matis, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the Rashi HaMatis. So Rashi brings down, what does it mean he spoke to the Rashi HaMatis? So Rashi says, maybe it means that he only told this parasha to the Rashi HaMatis. So Rashi says, no, that's not the pshat. Really, he told it to everybody. Why does it say Rashi HaMatis? To tell you that if you want to get rid of a nether, if you have one mumche, one mumche can get rid of the nether. So Rashi HaMatis is telling you that there's a special halacha in the Dorim where a chash person is stronger than a regular person. So there, Chagav, the Zalman uh, said over, what was the havamin of this parasha was only said to Rashi HaMatis? Why would the parasha of Nedorim only applied to the leaders. So he said, he said a good word. He said over, he says a lot of times, leaders, politicians, before they become politicians, they promise everybody the moon. And then they become politicians, they end up getting elected and they don't keep what they said. So there was a Havamina that Nedorim, which is a parish of keeping your words, was said, but dafka to the Rosh Hashanah. They, they should know, if you say something, you got to keep what you said. But the Oisphere is, it's telling you a different Allah. It's telling you that uh, a Yachid Muncha is able to be mad to your nether. What does that mean? It means the person makes a nether, and then he goes to a Tamachacham, and Tamachacham is able to get rid of the nether. What's the understanding behind that? So says the Kliyaka. The same thing is true if a woman makes a nether, her husband can get rid of the nether. Why is that? And a daughter, her father can make her nether. So the Gemara says, because when a woman makes a nether, she makes it aldas her husband. She makes it aldas that she only wants this nether if her husband's okay with it. If her husband's not okay with it, she is subservient to her husband, she doesn't want the nether. A daughter would never make a nether if her husband doesn't want the nether. Says the Kliyaki, you can look at inside. He says, the parish is teaching you that a yid, a person, a man has to know that he has to make his nedarim al-das diyachim mumcha. He has to have a rav, he has to have a tamachacham, that everything he does is al him too. The idea that a yachim mumcha can be matar nether, what's the pshat? The pshat is because a person would never make a nether if his rav is not masking to the nether. No havamina. Just like a wife wouldn't make a nether not without her husband. Every person has some manig, a, 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 a ben teira, a teira authority, that is manig his life, that he, he makes the nether that's the person. The person doesn't want it, so there's no nether. So it's a gavaldical insight in how a person has to make sure that he has he has a shibud of somebody who's a ben teira helping his decisions. The Daichi Musa, the Sefer called Daichi Musa, he says, the Gemara says in Brachas, that David Amal used to learn the whole night. And then when he woke up, it says that they came over to him and they said, David HaMelech, we need, we need help with Parnasa. So he asked, like, what's the Hagdama? David HaMelech went the whole night. And then they come to him and they ask him, we have problems with Parnasa. So he said over, you know, you would think, if you have problems with Parnasa, you don't speak to David HaMelech. You speak to a businessman. You ask him, how are we supposed to make Parnasa, right? The Gemara is telling you, Zot Adachim Moser you want to know how to make Parnasa, you want to know how to do anything in life. You go to speak to somebody that sits and learns a whole night of learning, and that's how you have your anhoga, that's how you have adrochi, adrochi for someone who's licked and learning. It's not just that he could tell you a svarin or a bark bear, but he can give you an etza even in something mundane in life like parnasa. That's the yisoyed of nedarim. Yochid mumcha, yochid mumcha can be mat to your nether because you only made the nether al das yochid mumcha. Everybody in life has to have a yochid mumcha that he makes his decisions in life based on that yochid mumcha. Each person has to have their yochid mumcha that works for them and talks to them. But as long as he's a person that's a ben and is a shaylin teira, a yachin mumcha is able to be matar nedarim.